And we're back with another installment of Kiddush Club News for Jews. Thank you for joining us. Pesach is upon us, which means you might be listening to this while you're doing your Passover cleaning, or while you're cooking for the holiday, or while choosing a seat on your flight to who knows where for your Pesach program. And if that's the case, I hate you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't hate you, but I am jealous. Unless they're going to Israel because all the flights were canceled in and out of Ben-Gurion. So they're home. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. No, I, I'm sure they'll pick up. I think the flights picked up later that day. Yeah, to, yeah I, th- I, th- I, think that's, uh, I think that's correct. Because, I mean, BB caved. BB caved. Which I cannot believe. Caving BB, yes. Think about this a minute. When do you ever see that like protests are actually making a difference and changing things up? I think you see them. You do? I, I, yeah. Like, I just, I never see that. I feel like I don't see that protest causes actual change. Well, there was a lot here. I mean, the United States was also involved. There was strikes of major institutions in Israel. So it wasn't just the protests, it was strikes. I, I want to get into Think that. Think about the billions of dollars that it cost. So I want to get into all that. But before we do, as you might have guessed, our listenership is growing considerably. And if you'd like to get the word out about your business, your product, your service, shoot us an email to hawk at kiddishclubpodcast.com for sponsorship opportunities. But also, many times on this podcast, we'll discuss a story that refers to a picture or a video. You may want to lay eyes on said media. And you can do so by joining our WhatsApp group. The link is directly in these show notes. Check it out because it's the first place we announce new episodes and sometimes share special features and bonus clips. But back to Israel. I need to know what's happening. It's all very vague to me. I know that there's a right. I know that there's a left. I know that the right wants judicial reform, which I don't know what it means. I need you to help me out with this because nobody's explaining it to me. I see all the statuses and I see the news articles, but no one's breaking it down. Can you do that for me? I can and I will. Let's do- <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> so I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I, I've read up about it for, for weeks now, but uh, BB was on Pierce Morgan. He was interviewed and I listened to it completely and it was actually a lot clearer. He, st- he makes a few comments that... If you take his word for it, pretty pretty shocking. So I'll give you a, a short background, and then we'll we'll play some of the, what BB said. Basically, what they're trying to do. I mean, you, you have to ignore the news for a second. Everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, it's the end of democracy." It's not the end of demo- democracy. You know, the United States has the Supreme Court, right? And the Supreme Court right now, there was a whole big thing when Biden won the presidency about stacking the Supreme Court, right? Because there's more conservative this, justices, right. so they wanted to increase the number of justices so that they could sway the court. So this is this happens all the time. We didn't say it's the end of our democracy like everybody's saying about Israel. So it's a little bit a little bit of sensationalism, not unusual. It's also Israel, so everybody's, you know, making it like uh nobody likes BB and they're, they're turning this into a whole circus. But wait. I but I yes, under- the people of Israel are th- there's a lot of action going on. The way I understood it was that the courts hold an insane amount of power. A little too much for the liking of obviously Bibi Netanyahu, right? Yes. So, what? How? How far does that go? What is the? What, what is? What is the legitimacy of the claim? So Bibi says, among other things, the things he doesn't like are number one, the judges themselves are the ones who decide who the next judges are going to be, and in America it doesn't work that way, right? America they get nominated, and the House and the Senate they have confirmation hearings. The president right picks Supreme Court nominees. So in Israel, it doesn't work that way. It's the judges. So it's kind of like... Playing favorites. Yeah. And it's like the boys club, you know, whoever's in the boys club. Also, 
in Israel, there's no constitution. So in, in the United States, we have a constitution, and we could. there are things that are constitutional, not constitutional. The Supreme Court technically really is only supposed to decide if something's constitutional or not. In Israel, there technically is no constitution. So the Supreme Court basically could just say anything they want and pass any t- any type of legislation, and it things that the legislation branch is supposed to be doing, the Supreme Court in Israel ends up doing. So is there checks and balances on the Supreme Court? No. So they can pass a, a law by none? Basically. Basically. Unlike in the United States where they're saying, I mean, you could argue that in, in the United States they could do that as well, right? They, they passed Roe v. Wade, they overturned Roe v. Wade. But that's a law that exists. But the Supreme Court in Israel has a right to create this random law well, and, it, and, and sign it and pass it into law without it ever hitting the Knesset or no, any MKs getting involved. Not exactly. Not exactly. Okay. But they do have a lot more power than in the United States. And they're not nominated and they're not elected. And so when you have a, a, a it's a self-perpetuating problem, right? Because if you have a court that you view, imagine you have a left-wing Supreme Court and then they're the ones who are just bringing in more judges. It'll it's be just, left forever. Forever. Right. Right. And that's that's what BB's saying. And one of the things he said to Pierce was that there is no other democracy that where the system is set up that way. It's only in Israel. He's like, and that's why we need to reform it. Hmm. It's not that we're not a democracy. We're the only democracy that's doing this, and it doesn't make sense. Play the clip. Israel is 75 in a few weeks' time. And it ought to be a time, a celebration both for you, for this extraordinary personal achievement, and for your country. But instead, Israel is in turmoil at the moment, facing what some fear could turn out to be civil war, fears of a potential third intifada. Is this your biggest challenge right now? It's a very big challenge, but I I think that the prospects for Israel are great. I think there is a a lot of concern about the democratic judicial reform that we want to move ahead with. But people think that it's going to to result in in a fissure that I don't think will last, because people will see at the end that Israel was a democracy, is a democracy, and will be even a stronger democracy after this democratic reform. So I think uh, I think you're right. There's a lot of tension right now, uh, and I wish it wasn't so. But uh, I'm I'm quite confident that we'll get over this uh, this difficulty because you know you have to reform things that get ossified. And in Israel, what we've had is uh, the ossification of the, the 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 imbalance between the three branches of government that has to be corrected. This happened in the last 20 years. It's been building up, building up, building up. People say we want to correct that, and you know people who are used to one thing, don't want to correct When Pierce mentioned civil war, he's like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, was <laughs> that like a little sarcasm well, yeah. out of him? <laughs> well, he's smirking. He, he to me, is, is just an unbelievable speaker. I mean, he's a master. He, he's has, a master. Co- he has a good command on the English language. Yeah. And I mean, he's elected six times. I yeah. mean, where, he was where, an MIT. Me, he learned an MIT. Find me a world leader that has been elected six times. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's it's, really he's pretty impressive. He also used the word ossified, so you got to <laughs> give the man credit, if nothing else. Googling it right now. Hold on. <laughs> so, he, but here's the here's the part where he talks about the, what I was mentioning to you before. Listen to this. Question. Well, it seems that the people of Israel who are protesting every week and all these eminent people who are commenting about this, they prefer the current situation to one where the power moves to the prime well, minister. It, it always it doesn't move to the prime minister. It's got nothing to do with it. The prime minister gets no. To politicians. Yeah. To, well, then you have to ask yourself if that were the case. I don't see any democracy that has such extreme powers of the Supreme Court as in Israel. There's no such democracy. So are they not democracies? Are they dictatorships? Of course not. 
They're perfect. When you are trying to take some power away from any branch of government, and in this case from the judiciary, they don't want to take it away. Right now you have a situation where 15 unelected uh, members of the Supreme Court effectively govern Israel. They can decide things that affect our military, our economy, our foreign relations, our battle with terrorism. Is that right? Is that democratic? No, it's not democratic. You want to correct it. Israel is democratic in the sense that you vote for a government, but when you vote for a government, you want that government to govern. Right now, the powers of that government to govern are severely restricted by a Supreme Court that has more powers than any other in any other democracy on earth. You don't say that those other democracies are somehow tainted, are somehow not democratic, because they've uh, they have a better balance of power. And trying to balance it is difficult, I grant you that. You can see how difficult it is. Right. I don't deny it. And I understand the concerns of those who are generally, generally worried about the, the future of Israel, but so am I. And I would not let Israel become less democratic. I want it to be more democratic. Now, what, what he's saying makes perfect sense to me. And it's hard to see a different way. Why would you want to stick with having 15 judges being the only ones that are in power, essentially. And I have a hard time believing that the hundreds of thousands of protesters in Israel understand the core of the argument. I think they understand it. I think I think they understand it very easily. And the, the argument is, these are left-wing. The, the, the Supreme Court is mostly left-wing. So it's the same way in this country that they were protesting to stack the court. Right. They want the Supreme Court to stay left-wing. Very simple. They know that if, they, if Bibi does this, the immediate effect is that you're going to have a less left-wing Supreme Court, and that better because the left. those judges will be appointed evenly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So in the future, you know, Bibi is is saying that in the future it, it will help democracy and it will help balance. The immediate effect would be something akin to the Supreme Court being stacked and no longer being leaning to the right as it is right now in the United States. Which, by the way, I don't think is a great system either. I don't think it makes sense that you have a Supreme Court right now that's that's on the right. That could just overrule many times the will of the people. You know, you, you we almost always know how the Supreme Court's going to rule a case before they even rule the case. It doesn't make sense. I feel like it should be there. Should just be slots. It should be an even major, Even there should be no majority. It should be an even stack. And then, like, if it's a tie, I don't know, some procedure. Fight it out. <laughs> Get in the ring. <laughs> Cage match. Oh, that would work beautifully in Israel. Beautifully, it would. It totally would. So I feel like Bibi just needs to say we're just becoming more like America. Yeah, I was waiting for him to say that. Right. He did. No, he did reference he it. Intimated a few times. it. No, he actually did. If you if you listen to the rest of the interview, he does talk about it. But if you tell the people we just want to be like America, yeah, yeah. then they'll be like, he oh, just, yeah. okay, maybe that's a uh, you hear him. Maybe that's a good idea. McDonald's is good. <laughs> yeah. No, he. I feel like he should have just kept saying that over and over. I agree. I, I wanted him to just keep saying, "We're like, but Pierce is not American anyway. He's British, so right. But like, he could have he could have really said that, but he caved in the end, right? So now he, which is so hard to believe, right? It's like he's supposed to like be the hard line leader, yeah. and here he caved. And I guess it, it's because he's really concerned because even the reservists, yeah, are saying we're not coming. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's yeah, the like, Air Force, I and mean, then there's strike. Airport, the labor that... unions are on strike. I mean, can you remember the last time the airport? was just shut down because the people decided they're shutting it down? It's crazy. It is a little crazy. Like, I, just, I have friends in Israel who are take, stuck there. How much of this these tactics, because it just, it, the whole Israel looks like Meisharim, basically, yeah. right? Like yeah. burning fires in the middle of the highways. And, and, and nobody is religious in these protests. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just shutting it's down the highways. I just wonder how much did they learn from Meisharim. 
<laughs> well, they they could have learned also from America, right? We had the BLM protests, right? A lot of protesting. Yeah. So it's not it's not so crazy. But I, like I said, I have friends who were stuck there. You know, there are people who who are here who are stuck and can't couldn't get back. I guess now it's opening up and people are going to be able to get back. But I mean, I I don't remember a time where where this has happened. And speaking of flights, by the way, because <laughs> you know I always talk about flights. I saw the story about Southwest Airlines. I took Southwest. I had a very nice time. It was fine, but they get a lot of you know criticism as like being like a budget airline. Yeah, Spirit all the budget airlines do get that that rap. They do. But Spirit I, is the worst. Yeah, right. You don't want to fly Spirit. Nobody no, wants to fly I don't. Spirit I don't. for fifty dollars. Who knows? <laughs> so, so I had a very a very nice time on Southwest. I had no issues, but it does get a bad rap. Uh, they they have been having a lot of problems in recent months, but this one story like blew my mind. Uh, there was a flight f- to Columbus, Ohio, that left Las Vegas, and there was a quote unquote incident with the pilot of the plane, and they had to ask the people on the plane. Wait, wait define incident. It doesn't say. They did not say what the incident was, but the pilot was incapacitated. Whoa! Yeah, that's big. That's that's again nightmare for me. That's huge, huge nightmare. But there's a co-pilot, so it's not the end of the world. Well, it's not the end of the world, but or the end of the flight, I should say. <laughs> but they did have to ask the rest of the passengers, or they knew that there was an off-duty pilot who happened to be flying, who came into the cockpit and helped land the plane. That has to be the biggest nightmare that you could ever experience. Just hearing the PA, <laughs> just be like, uh, "Do we have a pilot on board?" <laughs> Is anybody in the Is anybody in the cabin a pilot? Don't be nervous, but does anyone know how to fly a plane? Does anybody know how to fly this thing? Just hit your call button. Yeah, so that that scared me, you know. And I, I don't like to hear I don't like to read those stories. I don't like to hear things like that. I don't know if we should even say this story because so many people are flying this week. No, right? that's why we should say it. Cuz I'm not going anywhere and you're not going anywhere. Let them worry. I just took a flight from JetBlue. JetBlue is another disaster. We've been talking about JetBlue. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? Maybe they're not that bad. No, they are that bad. You know what speaks to me on JetBlue? The snacks. That's all I need to become a fan of the airline. No. Terra chips? I'm down. They don't serve them anymore. What do they They have They stopped serving Terra chips. But wait. I think Terra chips lost the Hashgacha, didn't they? Did they? I think so. Oh, wow. I don't remember. Well, I was was on a trip recently with a lot of family members, extended family, and mostly everybody took JetBlue. We when we were flying back that day, we were on different flights, but all JetBlue and JetBlue just canceled a bunch of flights, no explanation, and they were like, "Oh, your flight's canceled. You could fly out tomorrow." Just like that. That's very hard. I'm like, how how could that be? It's the year 2023. You just cancel a flight. The weather was perfect in New York. The weather was perfect in Florida. That's where we were. Perfect weather, and they just canceled the flights. Done. They put them up in some horrible hotel. Yeah, that was it. Did they at least pay for your hotel? They did, but. It wasn't a nice hotel. They they took them in a shuttle, and that was a whole another story of like waiting for the shuttle to come. And it, that's not okay. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It's not okay. Related news: the TSA. There was this whole fight that broke out on Twitter because this guy was trying to get onto a flight, and they confiscated his jar of peanut butter. Okay. Why? How big was the jar? It was let's more say, than more than, more than three point four okay, ounces. Okay, okay. Okay, but peanut butter is not a liquid, is it? Mm. Ah, this is a big debate. This is the debate. A lot of lumbus here. It opened up a huge debate online that the TSA themselves weighed in because this guy's video went viral of him arguing with the TSA about peanut butter. So without knowing anything, what would you say? So he had a great argument, which was this. If he takes the peanut butter and he just makes a whole bunch of sandwiches with that jar, 
It's totally fine. Mutter, right. Mutter, right. How do you explain that? Huh. It makes no sense. No, because less than 3.2 ounces. No, In no, no, no. each carry case. If you took your jar of peanut butter and split it up into several jars, you could put all of them on your carry-on So luggage. let's say he had a really big sub and he slathers it with <laughs> peanut butter. That, that's okay to you? Yeah, I guess. But at the end of the day, in his eyes, I guess in, in this passenger's eyes, it wasn't a liquid and it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a gel. It's not an aerosol. Those are the three prohibited items. Right. It, it's, not, it's none of those, right? right? Peanut butter is pretty thick. But then the TSA weighed in and said, what – what is the type of a liquid? Something that takes the shape of the container. Right. That's considered a liquid. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he ended up at not being allowed to carry it on. And but that's it doesn't, the standard it doesn't even now. take the shape. It doesn't even take the shape. Of course if, it does. No, it doesn't. If you take a spoon of peanut butter, you, you scoop it out and then put it into uh, something, a different a container. Jar, yeah. yeah. It doesn't it doesn't take the shape. It stays however Depends you – Depends on the quantity. Oh, let me say better. Oh, say better. If say better. you have more than 3.2 ounces, <laughs> How many listeners then it we will. Losing? Oh, losing. Over under. <laughs> over under 1,000. If we have – if we if you have more than the allotted requirement, then it's going to take the shape. Uh, yeah, okay. But if I, you have I, five ounces of peanut butter – Your clothes do the same thing. You know, If you sh- jam clothes into a jar, it'll take that shape too. I understand. Too. But if you also put a water bottle into a, a, a swimming pool, it's not going to take that shape either. No, that's just Bittle. <laughs> now you went into Bittle. <laughs> bottom line. You went line, off the rails. <laughs> bottom line, you can't take peanut butter still. No, still no peanut butter. Still no. TSA- Unless, wait, we didn't even get into is it chunky, is it not chunky. Oh. <laughs> you understand? But also, you know what peanut butter should always be not allowed is the, you know that natural peanut butter? Yes. First of all, this should be banned. No, I okay? like it. Okay, it has a like tefach it. of liquid, like yeah, oil, yeah, yeah. like Peanut at the oil. top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's disgusting natural. to me. No, that's natural, bro. That's natural. And you have to mix it? Yeah. You're not supposed to have to mix peanut butter. Okay, but let me ask you this. Let's say you have a huge jar of peanuts, mm. and then you, you, you go through TSA, and right after you go through, you take it. And you grind it up. You grind it up. Mm. Uh, now, us, sir? No, the whole, take the whole problem is, is that... Maybe you're hiding something in the liquid. Like, when did the liquid thing become a a problem, right? Right. When somebody brought in some type of explosive liquid. Right. Is that it? I Remember think so. I, th- I think it was something like that, yeah. When someone brought in this Was type it the of- shoe bomber guy? Was it the same time? I don't- the- so it was around the time of the shoe bomber, and that's when they said all liquids are prohibited because apparently there's something that you can devise to interrupt the flight using liquid. So if you brought them in all as peanuts, then you you don't you don't have that. Unless you grind them up. No, if you grind again, oh, you're saying that it's the, safe right, There's nothing in there. Right. right. There's nothing in Unless the liquid. Unless they're coated. Unless you cook the peanuts in the liquid, <laughs> right. then you grind it up. Yeah, and then you grind it up. Taco. That's like trying to hijack a plane with like a, a very large toenail. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, back to Israel. So hopefully people are going to be getting on their flights and resuming their flights to and from Israel. And um, in other Israel-related news, the UN Human Rights Commission ended their hearing on human rights abuses in Israel. And I'm offering 100 to 1 odds <laughs> that you know the outcome. The outcome. Yeah. Israel bad. Yes. Correct. Once again, Israel's bad. And that's coming right off the heels of a report from the ADL that anti-Semitic incidents are at an all-time high and they are up 36% in 2022. And that's in the United States. Yes. So I think that's like concentrated in, in, in just a few states. Like all 50 states had an increase in anti-Semitic yeah. incidents, but there are five states, I think I read this, five states where it was like a, a huge 
increase. That is exactly right. It's got to be New York. It's got to be New Jersey. It's got to be California. It's got to be Florida. Those are my. Those are my. What is the fifth? Okay, so it's New York is the highest. Then California, Again, biggest concentration of Jews. Yep, followed by California. Mm-hmm. Then New Jersey, Florida, and what was the last? I don't know. That's the hard one. Yeah, Texas. Really? Yeah. Surprising, I, right? It is surprising, but there are a how many Jews are in Texas? There's a ton. There's really? a ton of Jew- Jewish communities. Not. It's not like one community. More than like Chicago. I don't know. More than Baltimore? I don't know. I don't, ha- Maryland? I, don't, I don't have an answer, but you know what? I would love to visit each and every one of these communities. It's so nice when you go to these out-of-town communities. It's I nice. I can, mean, I can only do it for a Shabbos. But if you want to have us for Shabbos, shoot us an email. <laughs> and if you're in Texas, you want us to come down, just get in touch with us. Yeah, we'll show up after candlelighting and leave before Habdallah because no pictures allowed. And also, lastly, in, in Israel news... There was a group of Israeli Muslims that were invited to a United Nations tourism event that was taking place in Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia uninvited them. They didn't give them visas to enter the country. Only the Israelis. And these are not even Jews. No, you mean only the Israeli Muslims. Yeah, no. Yeah, there were only there were Israeli non-Jews, Israeli Muslims that were planning to go. Right. And they didn't even give them visas. But they accepted the Jewish Israelis. No. No. So it's not even Jewish people. Right. Like they're just hating on Israel as a country. Yeah. Which is fair. No, we ju- we thought that, that things were warming. Yes. No, I mean, it's not, at least it's not anti-Semitic. Yes. Right? Yes. Because it's, it's unless you define Semitism as just being Middle Eastern, which is different, 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 different. But the point is, is that I understood that Saudi Arabia wants a warming of relations with Israel, and that's why they're allowing flights to go over Saudi airspace. We all thought that, but mm. apparently not. Did they, was there an explanation no. given? Saudi Arabia did not reply to requests for comment on hmm. this. Hmm. The Ministry that's... of Tourism, and I mean, we know that that you know Xi Jinping in China hosted this event where Iran and Saudi Arabia started having warming relations. It's hard to not think that this is related to that. Yeah, it's not, it is mysterious. Not and, good, and and it doesn't look good. Not at all. Staying in the Middle East, uh, a little spat broke out in Lebanon, believe it or not. So Lebanon, as you know, the holy month of Ramadan is, is here. And so Lebanon decided that they are not going to change their clocks for daylight savings time so that people could end their fasts early, similar to what Israel does around Yom Kippur, right? Yes. Well, it's funny because we just did it for Titus Esther. Right. 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 But, right. but the other this way. Year, but the, right. It got longer. No, but it didn't this year. Yeah, so this year we got away. There are years where Tinus Esther is longer. This year it wasn't. But in Israel, so we could totally relate. Yeah, we totally relate. Totally relate. So they decided that they're not going to change the clocks till after Ramadan. But now, so it, it seems like it's not controversial. But the Lebanese Maronite Church, which is the largest Christian church in the country, it says it won't abide by the decision because they were not consulted and they want to follow international standards. <laughs> so there's just a lot of ego involved. I think so. I'm just, I can't believe that this is what's going on. But if I were part of the Christian church and I was in Lebanon, and then. Yeah, you don't want to anger, especially during Ramadan. Hungry, (laughs) you know, Muslims. (laughs) It's a cranky time. It's a very cranky time. Yeah. And it's like, these are long days. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I am very hungry. Please, I don't want to fight with you about this. Please. (laughs) And it's funny because, you know, Ramadan could fall at any time. We've mentioned this on the cast before because. Uh, Islam doesn't adjust the calendar the way we do. We right, add, we have leap years. Right, we add a second Adar. Right, they our leap not. year, 
our leap year just ensures that that Pesach. It's actually right. because of Pesach, Pesach because right. Pesach has to fall in the spring. Right. And if it, it falls out any other time, it's not Pesach. Right. Right. So we adjust our calendar to have a leap year so that it always Pesach always will fall out in the spring. Exactly, and and it basically syncs up with the solar year, so that the season. Right, that's why we add eleven days. Exactly. No, wait, no, 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 no not no. eleven. We add a second. We add a full month, right, to compensate for the eleven extra solar days every year. That's what's about once every three years we get right, a, a, right. a Jewish leap year. Exactly. So they don't. So they could have Ramadan in the middle of summer when the days well not in the middle, where we're approaching the long days of the year, or they could have it in the you know the dead of winter where the days are really short. Yeah. And it's just luck of the draw, luck of the year. I usually don't know when Ramadan is, but I but I'm so aware now because there's right. just so many like like I'm I just know that it's going on because of maybe social media, maybe just what's happening. So let's move to the rest of the world. Instead of doing the United States, we're gonna we're gonna move throughout the rest of the world. What do you got? Stockholm. So we're gonna move to Stockholm. A study came out of Stockholm that says that people who have social anxiety, one of the things that can help with social anxiety is being exposed to the smell of other people's body odor. What? How does that make I'm sense? I'm not repeating it because that's what it is. So wait, smelling BO, mm-hmm. basically body odor, mm-hmm. right, is going to help my anxiety? Social anxiety. Social anxiety. Oh. Not like anxiety, you know, let's say you have a f- anxiety when it comes to flying, as we, we mentioned <laughs> off the top of my head. But if you have social anxiety, like when you're when you're in like you, you go to a wedding or you go to a party and you're, mm-hmm. you're uncomfortable, you're one of those people, you can't talk to people, you just want to not be there. You have social anxiety. Body odor. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm so chatty on the subway. <laughs> but the truth is, I, I just think back of a time like I, I, I can remember clearly, like in the summer months, the subway gets brutal. Yeah, you know what I mean. You don't and it's go. strap don't hangers with their hands up, wearing tank tops, and the air is flying right through the sensitive zone. Yeah, the no fly zone. The no fly zone, <laughs> yes. right? And just assaulting my nostrils. So that is, I guess, that's why. I was oddly relaxed yeah. for that. Uh, yes. For that experience. You, all your anxiety has gone away <laughs> thanks to the exposure to the BO. But you know, it's interesting that you mentioned, I don't know why I know this, but what do you think is the country with the lowest amount of deodorant use? Is, I mean, the joke is always that it's France. It's not. It's not France. It's not I, France. I was going to say, everyone jokes about that, but right. it's probably not true. It's a Western country. It must not be a Western country. No, it is also not a Western country. Right. So I'm gonna we're throw, narrowing. I'm going to try to do this without being mm-hmm. like – I'm going to try to do this without sounding like a complete bigot or whatever. I'm going to throw out India. No, not that I'd. Oh, really? No, incorrect. Okay. Right? We use added extra dry. <laughs> but the the reality is that Italy no. is the country with the lowest amount of deodorant. And even when you go to like I'm travel gonna fact sites – I'm going to fact-check you. Fact-checking time. When you go to travel sites – You'll see, they tell you, you can't find deodorant in Italy. Please enjoy this hold music while he fact checks me. <laughs> wow, this is not an easy thing to fact check. ChatGPT won't answer the question. <laughs> it's too offensive. <laughs> can't say I blame it. To the Bing GPT. Let's see if Bing will tell us. Well, according to Bing, there's no clear-cut answer. But according to Bing, people of Chinese, Japanese, and other Asian countries generally don't use deodorant. Hold on, it's also not common in Korea and Japan. And apparently there's actually a scientific explanation because they're, they're lacking the gene ABCC11, which apparently has something to do with how much people s- sweat. So let me tell you what comes up for me on Google. 
Italian men appear to be the most averse using deodorant less frequently than any other European country. European. Bingo. European. Uh-huh. So you're saying it's not the world. Yeah, not the world. In Europe, it's the Italians. Because I, I just asked Google what country uses the least deodorant, and it gave me Italian men. So do I have to issue an apology to Italy now? I think we do. <laughs> yeah. And India. Sorry, India. I am formally apologizing to the Italian people. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> but that thing that we read before about the ABCC11 gene and the fact that a lot of the Asian countries, they don't have that gene. Apparently, I, I didn't know this. This is this. is I'm finding this out as we record. As, as we research this, is this real very time. important topic. <laughs> If you don't have this gene, your body odor, specifically under your arms, will not smell. It won't be stinky. Really? Yeah, that's why they don't use it there. Where? In Japan. In, in Japan, in China, Asian Korea, Asian countries, yeah. So now we could rephrase. Among the countries where they are stinky, <laughs> who uses it the least? And it's the Italians. Yes, in Europe. I think the natural smell is very good. <laughs> it reminds me of the pasta. That's disgusting. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Okay, let's move to India. Of course. Our favorite country. Yes. A woman by the name of Neelam Sharma, she's the wife of the editor-in-chief of a prominent newspaper in India, was murdered in her home, and the police did not know who it was. Oi. So the police had no leads, until finally their pet parrot started screaming the name of this woman's nephew. Hmm. His name was Ashu. And so this parrot was screaming Ashu. So now her husband requested police investigate Ashu, who ended up confessing to the murder. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. And this parrot played a major role in all the court documents. You can read about it. In the investigation? Yes. This parrot was the key to the whole thing. He's the key witness. Yeah. Do they? Come on. They can't accept testimony from a parrot. This court will come to order. (laughs) Okay, parrot. On the night... Of March 26. Who did you see in the house? And the parrot's like, Ah, I saw. <laughs> you could just ask it's all so questions ridiculous. around. <laughs> so what's crazy is like this parrot had like some sort of PTSD. It stopped eating and drinking. It became silent. Well, it witnessed a murder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that'll yeah. do. That'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Right? And then he started And then he started saying, Ashu, Ashu. So the, so the husband... You're telling me the husband said it must be that he, Ashu, is responsible. Yes. Now, what do you do with that? Can he take it to court? Like, is that testimony from a parrot? So so it was referenced. Yeah, it was referenced. The parrot didn't speak in court, but the par- the parrot, the, the fact that the parrot did this was referenced. So it's part, it's key, it, yes, key evidence, evidence yeah. in a murder trial yeah. from a bird. Yeah, I heard that they... Exposed the bird to B.O. And that's when it started speaking. (laughs) His social anxiety went way down. (laughs) He started (laughs) singing like a bird. Okay, let's move. Parrot, will you tell the court? What you told us in private. (laughs) (laughs) And moving now to Thailand. So a tourist who was in Thailand, he went to a park and he decided to do the bungee jump. I've always wanted to do that. I've never wanted to do that. Really? No. Like, you don't want to skydive? No. I want to. I just wish I had the guts to do it. No, I have no no desire. No desire to jump out of a plane? No desire. Do you understand what that free fall is? It reminds me of Rabbi Akiva Tatz. I once heard him in a shir. He was saying that, you know, 
a person who's really in touch with his Yiddishkeit, he goes, he said on this, uh, on the Shira, was, I guess Rav Shach was still alive at the time. I think it was Rav Shach, And he says, I don't think Rav Shach needs to jump out of a plane to feel alive. <laughs> just, right. Well, you know? unfortunately, so what say about you? very few of us are holding on that level. <laughs> so just to feel something, I would happily jump out of a plane. That's yeah. not true. It's not true. I probably will chicken out at the last minute. But just think of the rush of free falling in the middle, just I don't have – I'm not interested in that rush. I wouldn't make it. I, I would be like – you ever see those videos of the people on the roller coasters <laughs> and they pass out? You know what I'm talking about? And they don't even know they passed <laughs> yeah. out. And then they it's wake like, up. Like, ah! <laughs> and they're done. They're out. And then yeah. they wake up and they're screaming again. Out. <laughs> and I saw a great spoof that was done and we'll include it in the WhatsApp group of, you know, like one of these uh, one of these slingshot rides where they video the person the whole time on the slingshot ride and they just pass out and then they wake up and they pass out again. Yeah. It's so funny. So this guy, he himself said he was scared when he was at the top. He closed his eyes. He jumped. He says, and then he heard a snap and he was surrounded by water. Luckily, he was over water or he wouldn't. Oh, wait, the about bungee cord snapped. The bungee cord snapped, and he and he lived to tell he the lived tale because he was on top of water. Wow! Luckily, yeah. That's why another reason why I would never do this. Well, what's the odds? I don't care. <laughs> what's the benefit? <laughs> what's what's the odds that you're gonna that your your turn is gonna be the one that snaps the bungee cord? It's got to snap on someone, right? Right. I don't That's want it true. to be me. It's not true. It's not true. It Let's not, do a risk mean... to reward ratio on this bungee jump. You know it's what I'm a saying? High reward. No, high no. reward. It's a it's a it's fleeting... a real thrill. Fleeting reward. And the risk is permanent. Also pretty high, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he lived and he was fine. He did live, yes. Right? And think about that. He's going to for sure go on a media tour next. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And while we're in Asia, there were four friends who were on a boat. And this one hit home because we've all gone whale watching, right? You've done it. I've done it. I have not gone whale You've watching. You've never done it? To go out to sea just to watch whales? Yeah. No. Oh, I've done it. I've I'm done not. it. I've done it more I than mean, once. It doesn't sound extremely. Uh... It's like, look, you people go hiking. Yeah, people go to the Grand Canyon. It doesn't you know, sound very exciting. Like no, you're it is. waiting for a whale to breach. Yeah. the sea. It's amazing. Like, you're on a boat. If you, see, you a whale. see it, and when you see no, it. No, no, no. When they take you on these tours, they know where to go. You see the whales. You see them shooting out of the blowholes. Then you see them breaching. They slap down. It's amazing. When they come down on the water, it leaves like an imprint on the water, a flat surface. It's the weirdest thing. What do you mean? The water, you look at the water after they breach and they go back in, you see like like an outline that's just perfectly flat, like a plateau floating in the water. It's the weirdest thing. I imagine that it creates a wave. It does, but it leaves behind this plateau. But anyway, this whale crashed into their boat and sunk their boat. No. Yeah. Yeah. And Luckily, they were whale watching? They were whale watching, yeah. They, they got hit by this whale. The boat went down. Luckily, they were able to get a life raft out before the boat sank. And they all got into the life raft. And be- Where was this? What country? Polynesia. Hmm. And before it went down, he was able to, the captain, the guy was, you know, pilot, uh, captaining the boat, got out of Mayday. And he had his cell phone. And I believe he called someone. And it has a quote here from... From his phone call. We don't have a video of this. I, I looked. And he says, Tommy, he, he called his friend who was sailing, named Tommy. And he says, Tommy, this is no joke. We hit a whale and the ship went down. We're in a life, life raft. We need help a- ASAP. What did Tommy say? <laughs> come on. <laughs> That's what I would have said. <laughs> Quit kibitzing. <laughs> they were out there for nine hours before they were Oof. rescued. It's rough. Yeah, that is uh, it's a rough experience. And, and for me, I have another thing to add to my list of things I will no longer do. Well, watching. Well, listen, for me, it takes on a dimension of excitement. So I'm down now. <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> okay, let's move to the Western Hemisphere, shall we? After you. Police chief in Colombia 
So, you know, the, the drug cartels, very bad. I mean, we know in Mexico, South America, a lot of drug cartels. So one of the things they use to fight crime, apparently, is exorcism. Huh. Yeah. You in know. which country is this? This is in Colombia. I wonder if there's a Pesach trip in <laughs> Colombia. I know there's one in Brazil. Is there, is there really? There is. I feel like there's Pesach trips everywhere right now. I know. There's it's just so anywhere. many Pesach trips. Everywhere. It's like the, the crazier, the more exotic, the better it is. Come to beautiful Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> you will get high from Passover. <laughs> I wonder what an, what an exorcism looks like. It's like, how does an exorcism help stop crime? Well, first of all, exorcism in, in the Catholic Church is yes. a real thing. Absolutely. Like they believe it with their whole heart and soul. Yes. And they'll tell you that I saw the guy lift up from the couch and he was floating there. Like like real reputable people will say that no, they it, saw this. It's sanctioned by the church. Yes. It's sanctioned by the Catholic Church. Which I think church. is crazy because nobody has it on video. No, but we, we believe in Dibbuk, right? I suppose. It's exactly the same thing. I've heard stories. I uh, mean, so have I. And from we, eyewitnesses. Uh, me too. Really? Yeah. And, and we believe... And I don't know what to do with it in my head. Okay, so why are you making fun of the Colombians if we believe in a Dibbuk? It's the same thing. I suppose. You're right. Right? I guess. I mean, but like, how is everybody else missing this? Like, there's got to be... Where's the evidence? Right. Do you remember the audio some years ago? Audio came out from Mary's Stroll. From a Dibbuk. From a Dibbuk, yeah, right. Yeah, And it was like... Garuda, Garuda, he's so valid. What? That's what he was doing. What was he saying? I he was saying, Carota, he's so valid. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's frightening. It was scary. Yeah. So we can't really make fun. We call upon the spirit of Pablo Escobar <laughs> to tell us who is double park in the driveway of the precinct. <laughs> That's insane. But are they claiming that it works? It seems to They're work. They're fighting I guess. crime. They are They're fighting keeping crime. the numbers manageable <laughs> just by using spirits. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I say? Whatever works. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, coming into the United States. Big news coming out of Florida, by the way. Huge news. Florida passed the universal school choice, which gives $8,000 to the school of your choice where you want to send your kids. Okay, that is a game changer. Game changer. Because goodbye tuition crisis. Yep. We talk all the time about moving to Florida. Now's the time to move to Florida. Everyone who's listening, we need to move to Florida. If we do it together, we could all do it. So Ben Shapiro had it right this whole time. Oh, yeah. Wow. Is that amazing? Ron DeSantis just keeps bringing in the wins. That's all I got to say. That's a huge win for yeshivas. Huge win for yeshivas. And, it just and sh- all for private schools in general. Yeah. 100%. You know, it's just that I feel like private schools will turn down applicants if they don't have the if they don't have the money to send their kids. Yeah. Jewish schools don't do that as a, as a general. They try not to, they, right? As a general rule, they won't turn you down uh, uh, from having a, a Jewish education if you don't have the money to, to, to have it. So they'll, that's how they create a deficit. Yeah. But you, like you said, this is a game changer. Yeah, agree. It's a total game changer. In Florida, you get $8,000 to go to yeshiva. In New York, you have the government trying to shut down the yeshivas, specifically Hasidic yeshivas, yeshivas. And like, look at the difference in the two states. What are the odds that this is coming to the tri-state? Zero. Really? <laughs> Very little. Because people are, are advocating for it. Yeah, but you, Democrats, the teachers union, the largest union in the country, very powerful, not happening anytime soon. Really? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, what a downer. Couldn't you at least give me some hope? <laughs> you want me to lie to you? Please. I'll lie to you. Uh, it's, all, it's all I'm asking. Many people say it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to Trump momentarily. But um, 
And speaking of Hasidic yeshivas, there was a ruling this weekend, actually, in the whole thing that's going on with the Hasidic yeshivas. And, you know, the yeshiva world is celebrating a part of this ruling. So, you know about the whole, I mean, this whole thing going on with the, you know, the, the government saying the, the Hasidic yeshivas are not up to standard. Education-wise. Education-wise. Yeah. So a judge actually shot down a request and said and ruled that parents can't be forced to pull children from private schools that don't meet educational standards that New York State dictates. Which means I can send my kid to whatever yeshiva I want, regardless of the level of education, right. period. And that right. is really, I mean, think about it. Instinctively, that's what freedom is. Right, right. Right? I can do whatever I want. Right. If I want to homeschool my child, I could homeschool exactly. my child. Yeah. So that, that, was a, that was a win. That was a small win, at least. Raboy side, this Shabbos, make a Speaking of Trump, Trump is back on the scene. He had a big rally in Waco, Texas. Well, also, we don't know what's happening with him. Like, it's still up in the air whether or not he's going to be indicted. Right. Well, he himself is saying now he doesn't expect to be arrested. He said that. Well, and he also tweeted, by the way, I, I don't know why he does these things. He tweeted an image of him holding a bat next to an image of Alvin Bragg. <laughs> Why? Why, Trump? Why do you do these things? And he he's like going higher and higher in the polls, by the way, and DeSantis is going down. But again, is like we true? said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But as we said, DeSantis still has not come out and said that he's running. So it's hard to really take any of these right, polls. Because we're all just assuming. And if you listen to Turks, he'll tell you that anybody that's going to come out too soon won't have the stamina to measure up to Trump. Right. Absolutely. You know, speaking of Turks, people are loving his Biden impression. Yeah, he did it really well. Yeah. If you didn't but hear he, it. He worked on that. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and, it, and it shows. Yeah. If you didn't hear the episode, go back. Episode 64, go listen to it. But um, speaking of Biden, so he had, again, one of his usual gaffes. But this time, it was so bad that the White House transcript had to change what he said in the transcript. So Biden was talking about guns. Biden was at an event during Women's History Month. And he said something along the lines of, we have to, quote, keep guns out of the hands of domestic political advisors. <laughs> That's so oddly specific. Domestic political advisors? His advisors are carrying around guns and we have to get the guns away? He meant to say... Domestic terrorists? He meant to say convicted domestic abusers. It's <laughs> uh, quite, quite a difference. So if you look... At the transcript that the White House released, they actually have a cross out on domestic strike through. <laughs> strike through. <laughs> they, they have a strike through on domestic pol- political advisors and write in brackets convicted domestic abusers. In brackets, yeah. which means it wasn't said. Yeah, it was not said. Right. It's pretty bad. Speaking of dumb Americans, hey, new study. Hey, what? He's still your president. I didn't mean him. I did not mean him. Okay, just checking. <laughs> checking. A new study came out showing that Americans' IQ scores have dropped in a study that covers the years 2006 to 2018. Well, is that a wonder to you? Think about it. I was just talking about this uh, today with somebody. And I'm saying how much less people are reading books. Yeah. Just regular true. books, paper books. Nobody reads you, anymore. Right. It's crazy. And even like even reading on a Kindle or a whatever you whatever device you're going to read something on, it's not the same. I don't know if this can be proven, but there's nothing like a, a book that is written on paper. It's just not the same. No, but even uh, – uh, to me, I don't know if it's the paper. I think reading in general helps people 
reading, just the act of reading, but nobody reads. Today, everything's online. You want the shortest, you know, you want video, you want audio. People are listening to this podcast instead of reading about the news. You're listening to us talk about it. <laughs> right. Keep doing that, You're by guilty. the way. <laughs> Not saying you should leave, but... But maybe open a book. <laughs> Once in a while, read something. Shabbos. Shabbos, people. That's what it's for. Read something. Yeah. Anything. But it has to be kosher. Of course. Okay? Of course. Yeah. Oh, if it's Shabbos, doesn't it have to be kosher on the weekday? Oh, no, but I'm saying it has to be Shabbos stick. Yeah, I hear you. Also, another study came out that shows what the most livable cities in the United States are. And so I know what it's not. I know it's not Brooklyn. (laughs) It's not. Uh, There's no question Brooklyn didn't make the list. Correct. What do you have, though? Well, Florida, nothing in Florida made the list. Really? Nothing. That's a shocker. Yep. Cambridge, Massachusetts, number one. Arlington, Virginia, number two. Woodlands, Texas, number three. Naperville, Illinois. Columbia, Maryland. Berkeley, California. Irvine, California. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Overland Park, Kansas. Bellevue, Washington, that's Washington, the state, Plano, Texas, Richardson, Texas, Seattle, Washington, Sunnyvale, California, San Francisco, California. San Francisco, California. You believe that? I don't believe it. Santa Clara, California, another California. A lot of them are going to be in California because California is a gorgeous Beautiful state. Right. It's a beautiful right. state. We don't like the politics that are going on or whatever's happening there. But I think the first one was kind of, kind of throwing me for a loop. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Isn't that where Harvard is? Yeah. So there's something to that? Yeah. I guess it's just a higher IQ of people. No. I, Maybe it's just... No. Well, this this no. Well, this study is actually... It takes into account the cost of living, safety, school quality, nightlife, walkability, outdoor activities, and more. Walkability? Walkability. What, what is that? Cal- you just said California. I guess it also means how you know how much access you have to things walking. I would assume, mm. or maybe safety. Like a lot well, of these cities of don't yeah. have sidewalks. Safety was the was the, the second no, thing we mentioned. Safety, I would say, is is uh, in the context of crime, but in the context of personal safety and and you know like having sidewalks walkability. That's how I see it. When you say walkability, no, I don't think so. I mean, I we, we could again, be wrong. In California, Doesn't it's say. not easy to walk from one place to another. Right. Right. So, right. It's very spaced out. Spaced out. Yeah. So it can't be that. It has to be the safety in walking, walkability, as in. Is I will it get safe? back to you on this. <laughs> we will okay. find out. Okay. Please. Uh, the last two were Sandy Springs, Georgia, and Raleigh, North Carolina, which that one surprised me. Really? Well, how come? I don't know. North Carolina is not. It doesn't jump out at you like that, does it? Well, what does? I mean, think about it. These are cities that are going to be under the radar. Right, I guess. Right? Where people no, but are not San Francisco, flocking to. San That's Francisco. why it's a surprise. Yeah. Right? But it must be so beautiful. But obviously the crime is – like we did a story last podcast about the newscast that was robbed. Right. Right? Right. Right. In California. Yeah. And speaking of North Carolina, by the way, did you see this video of the Amazon driver delivering his package, walking straight through a SWAT team to go deliver his package? Wait, what city? This was in? San Francisco. North Carolina. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, this was in North Carolina, in Cary, North Carolina. And what was happening? I just want to know what was happening So here's the video, and we're going to include it. And so (laughs) it's really funny. You see the driver just... Walking without a care in the world. He probably has earbuds in. Yeah, and he's just walking, looking around, carrying the package. Eventually, he gets stopped by police, and we don't know what they discussed, but eventually he hands the package to police, and he leaves. But no care in the world walks right past all the police cars. I want to know what was was the crime scene. Is it a shootout? Is it a hostage situation? Like, does it say? 
he was walking, I'm going to read to you straight from the article, he walked right into the middle of a long and treacherous standoff between police and a man suffering from a mental health crisis who wound up taking his own life in addition to shooting his 11-year-old son twice. Oh my God, that's very, you didn't have to give me all that detail. Yeah, yeah. 20-hour standoff, (laughs) you asked. (laughs) I guess it speaks to the dedication of these Amazon drivers. (laughs) Yeah. Right? They're devoted. Move over, USPS. He even, no, the best part is, he even took a picture of the building where he dropped the package. You know how Amazon has to show a picture? Yeah, I don't, I'm not he fond. even did that. I'm not fond of seeing my front door at various times of day. That's why I leave the house. <laughs> and moving to South Carolina, we now finally have a Hasidic weatherman in the form of Nisim Black. Ah. Nisim was apparently invited to Fox Carolina to give over the weather. I wonder how and or why this happened, but yeah. I think you should play the clip. Yeah, I, I have no idea, but here's the clip. Bakersville, we're expecting for it to be around 59, Asheville 63. I don't mm-hmm. know why it decided to be, you know, four degrees hotter over here, but that's what happened <laughs> down here. And Hendersonville, we're dropping down here in Hendersonville, is 64. So it depends on you. If you if you like it a little cooler, you could go up to Asheville, mm-hmm. but it's only one degree, so I don't really think that yeah. it's going to help you too much down here. Yeah, not but a whole lot. <laughs> this is where it gets very, very interesting. Somehow, when we get all the way down to Newberry over here, okay. it's 55. 55. And so I don't understand why it's 55 here. And Weird, right? Forward. So what's happening? Can you explain to me why the sun is deciding to be hotter <laughs> in some places that are only seem to be nothing but two minutes away well, from sh- Clearly a man of many talents, and if you haven't seen it yet, check out our episodes with Nisim Black. It's numbers 12 and 13. And you know what that sound means. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Badikas Chametz, how yeah. long does it take you? Uh, you want the truth or you want, you want what it should I, take? I, give it to me straight. Uh, five minutes or less? Really? No, no, no. I, I kid, I kid. No, it takes me about uh, 20 minutes, I would say. Really? Yeah. That's nothing. That's basically nothing. Thank you. No, I mean, I look, I'll say it myself. I have year, every year is different for me. Like there are years that it takes me two and a half hours. And there are years that it does take me like 30 minutes, never less than 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Like when I'm rushing through it because like I'm starving and you really can't eat dinner before you finish you finish checking for the chametz. Well, in my defense, I, I have gone away for most pesos. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, there, the jab comes out. <laughs> there it is. But I will be here this year, so I will let you know how long it takes me. Well, we'd love to have you joining the ranks of the people who are at home, but wishing everyone a wonderful Pesach wherever you find yourself, be be it away or at home. The important thing is enjoy your family, enjoy the holiday. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and we are out. You want a piece of me? No, wait. You don't like this law? You want a piece of me? <laughs> saying you want a piece of me? I've saw that clip <laughs> seven times today. Give me something funny to say about it. In Italiano. I'll tell you about it. No, no, it doesn't be mafia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have nothing else to say about the IQs? No explanation? Do they have an explanation, a theory, something? No. No, just this is how it is, people. You're all becoming slowly turning into bricks. <laughs> There are years where it does get longer. No, it did. No, it didn't. It did I not. Did. It did not. Are you sure? When did we change the clock? You have a calendar? Yep.
It changed March 12th. Okay, and when's Purim? When was Tiny's Esther? It changed to 12th. It was the 6th. Yeah. Nice. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.